listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey, 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 hey wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Did you hear? Irv just took the job. He's not going anywhere. What? <laughs> is that breaking <laughs> news? He's not, not going anywhere. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. Chill. One game and everybody wants to go off the rails. Relax. Oh, man. Derek, you called this, though, I think, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said the courtship and the engagement was going to be great. The marriage was going to be awesome. And the divorce or the annulment was annulment. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm just going off of uh, what you know we've seen in the past out of coach. But hey, it's a bunch of BS. But I, I had to do that because of just people, and it's like it's not real unless it's on Twitter. So you know, right, let's, uh, right. Let's all get you know excited about that. Well, and Jason looking for a lock and for a lack and for whatever the guy that everybody hates in Jacksonville. He had the story that I guess we assume is biased because he hates Jacksonville and we all hate him. But apparently there's some validity to it. Um, uh, Some folks are backing it up, saying that Urban's maybe uh, getting a little uh, anxious or, you know, kind of going off the the handle a little bit about this. uh, I don't know, just the NFL transition in general. I mean, it's only one game, but uh, what are you guys thinking about that report from Lock and Fora and just the overall reaction that you're seeing out there from the national and local media regarding Urban Meyer? Bro, Jason Lockenfora is going to to stick to a story and he's going to hang on to one until he's eventually right about one of them. That, that's what he's going to do. He's, he's going to put something out there and he's going to ride it until it just, you know, either it's true or it becomes out by, by it being false. He was already exposed by national media or not national local media here about just like, you know, pretty much just slinging stuff at the, the, the wall to see if it's going to stick. So again, this is where he's at right now. Um, you know, with the urban thing. And of course, if urban is mad, then good. The team is on a 16 game losing streak now. So yeah. What is that? What is what, I mean, what, what is it for them to be complaining about? Yes. You haven't won anything. If you're not upset and if you're not angry about it, then what is it? You guys got beat by Tyrod Taylor yesterday and Mark Ingram and Danny Amendola. Like not being cooked. Well, and we'll go into the game, but JK3, you mentioned just to, to really quickly uh, finish up on the Urban Meyer thing, but you talked about how he's sort of gone dark to a certain extent. Don't you guys think there would be some benefit in coming out and specifically saying in a press conference, these rumors are ridiculous, I'm not going anywhere, I'm committed, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, does he really have to say it? Why not? It would help, I would think, right? I mean, I mean, it would say just... I would rather him not say something than say some say like, oh, I'm not going to USC and then end up leaving <laughs> to go to USC <laughs> because he, UCF or USC because he said he wasn't going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like but Derek, usually, how sad is how sad is it that he even has to like make that statement? <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, but then he ha- they'd have to make a statement for every single Jason Locker, whatever you pronounce the name. Uh, anytime somebody from media makes, you know, some type of, you know, trash story or prediction, then a coach has to come out and, you know, say, uh, 
herb's favorite food is you know whatever and then he's like you know has to make a statement no it's not you know but yeah basically what i'm saying is he doesn't have to answer and if he knows what you know what he wants um here's what probably happened usc they put it they hire a firm okay that's how it works the firm reaches out to all coaches and their you know who they know in their network and they're in their interest and then they gauge that from through the coach's representative not the coach directly but his agent or you know representative and then the report gets back to him so that's probably what happened they reached out to his and more than likely it was probably a no um i don't get why out of you know one game in he's going to just run back to usc because he said <laughs> no I, I mean yeah but you know so that, that doesn't you know he came here to do a job and when you lose and you lose the way they did it, it's terrible okay it's bad people there there's some people that just don't understand with with some competitive natured folks how difficult it is for them to lose and Urban Meyer is one of those guys. There are a lot of professional athletes that are very, very successful that just don't like losing. And he's one of them to the point where he just loses it, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather have that than Gus Bradley walking in there saying, hey, we're getting better every day, guys. Or Doug Marone being a puppet, you know, by Dave Caldwell. I'd rather have, you know, a coach that actually cares. You know, he, he really does. Now, they've got some stuff they got to clean up. We'll get into that. That's the reason why they lost the game, not because our players were just that bad. It's just that they were unprepared due to coaching, whether it's philosophy, system, uh, you know, whatever. But they were just, they were unprepared. They were unprepared. Yeah. And, and Houston, you know, I don't know if you guys, I haven't seen Lovey Smith in a while. You know, he had the whole beard sporting with the ball head and everything. Look, cool. he, he just, yeah, he had their number. You know, guys been calling plays in the league what 20, 30 years, maybe. Yeah. He, well, he knows. So let's let's jump yeah. into that. So 37-21 loss <laughs> to Houston, which sounds ridiculous because I feel like when we were talking uh last week, we were all fairly confident in the episode with JP that this would be not that we're guaranteeing a win or anything, but I think we felt pretty good that this would be a good start to the season. So JK3, what uh <laughs> what went off the rails? I mean, it, 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 it got real quick, <laughs> you know. Did the for, train for, even leave the station? <laughs> it, got real, <laughs> it got real quick, boy, man. Um, you know, I, I think one of the one of the bigger things that, that, I, I, that I saw was that there was a fail to game plan. And I think that one of the things that we've seen uh, consistently, I don't know if it's with the Jaguars as an organization or with, a, with the coaching staff, I don't understand how they can – transition like the power and still have the same product on the field. I don't feel like they did a very good job of game planning. I don't feel like they did a very good job of executing uh, the player personnel decisions as well. Um, And, you know, I I think from, from the, from the beginning snap, um, it, it just did not look, it looked very forced. It doesn't look like they were, it didn't look like they were taking what Houston was giving them. Um, And I, I think, you know, off rip, you know, having your rookie quarterback out there slinging it for 51 times is not going to get it done. Um, that's way too many balls for him to be throwing. And the reason why they were put in that position is because they were they kept starting. They had first and 20s. It was like penalty drop, penalty drop, penalty drop, 10 yard completion, eight yard completion on like a third and nine. 
you know, so we're still seeing a, a lot of those those mediocre, you know, plays, um, you know, that are going. But then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, too, um, you know, they just didn't get where they needed to as far as finishing plays. You know, Tyrod Taylor is not is probably going to be the least athletic, not athletic, excuse me, the least like, I don't know, dangerous. I don't know what I, what other adjective to use to describe him, but you know, quarterback on this that they're going to be seeing all year. And he went out there and was just, you know, chucking and ducking. And you got Andrew Wingard and a couple other guys that shouldn't have been on the field out there actually on the field. And this is where it comes with the coaching place, like in the coaching and the staff. I think this game is on them. You know, the sloppiness of the penalties. Everybody needs to be on the jugs machine today or tomorrow. I don't care who, you know, if you are catching passes, you need to be on the jugs machine. And then as far as the defense goes, the best play the defense had, well, I won't say the best play, but the most exciting play that they had was when Shaquem Griffin or uh, Shaq, Shaq Griffin um, almost intercepted Tyrod Taylor like the first or second pass of the game. I was thinking, all right, this defense is really going to probably get after him. Josh Allen got after him, you know, in the first first half. But I, I don't know how many missed tackles Kalevon Chason had. Like, it's just it's just frustrating, man. It's, it's stuff just snowballs. Bad. Bad position, bad angles, bad tackling habits, just bad. Guys that shouldn't be on the field, guys that just, you know, whether it's another hold by Taylor on the offensive line to, like like JK3 just said, Chase on the, the, the one where he could have, you know, there were two that I Yeah, saw. two. <laughs> yeah, there were two that were just like, huh? Like. What like what was what was that? So, not sure what he he's thinking. Um, and then Wingard, he just needs to go. I said, yeah, if he made the team, I was thinking special teams, not starting safety. Okay, not filling a hole and basically getting shook out of the hole. I've never seen anyone like fill the hole and then get shook out of the hole. Like basically the, the the person makes a cut or does something and you're still in the hole, but you're getting beat. Usually you trip them up. They have to jump over you. You slow them down something. I don't even think the guy slowed down. He just kept going. So when you, when you really look at that, it's just like, wow. It, it just amazed me how much, you know, how behind they were because of the fact that, they just weren't, you know, making plays. And then when you, when they w- would recover or they turn around and, and it was almost like they had this look on their face like, uh, what just happened? <laughs> you know? Chase yeah. definitely had that look on his face. He was like, uh, what just happened? You know? That's not good. It, hey. it, 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 it's ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. JK3, one of the things that you had pointed out uh, pretty heavily before we started recording was sort of, and I guess this ties into Trevor too, it, it sort of put Trevor in a bad position was the run game. You know, tell us what your thoughts were in terms of their approach to the run game and possible improvements that can be made between now and Sunday. Well, I, I, majority of the time when they were running again, because they were backed up, you know, within that, but you can't completely uh, abandon the run. And Carlos Hyde, should not be getting more snaps than James Robinson. you like, I'll die on that hill. And between the both of them, for them to have, what, 13 carries? 14 mm-hmm. carries, excuse me. 14 carries between your two starting running backs. 14 carries. And 
your quarterback through for 51 passes. That is as unbalanced as you can possibly get in an NFL game. And, you know, and again, it was because a majority of the time the penalties were holdings. Holding is a 10 yard penalty. So, you know, you have to come back 10 yards, you automatically lose that. So, and I can see them, you know, wanting to throw and wanting to get the passes out there. But what's happened is that, you know, Urban, you're not going to be able to, and I don't, and, you know, maybe it's more of a Daryl Bevel thing than it is an Urban Meyer thing because Daryl Bevel is the one who's the offensive coordinator. So he's the one drawing up the plays. He's scheming things. You're not going to be able to throw you know, from a hole like that. You know, only few quarterbacks in the NFL can, you know, throw you out of a, or throw you from behind of a game, you know, someone that can really will you to a win within their arm. And neither of them are in the AFC South. So um, I, 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 to completely abandon the run is, is pointless to me, but the self-inflicted penalties, like you can get, okay. So the holdings, you can correct those. You, you, the drop passes, they shouldn't happen, especially if the quarterback, like, and the crazy thing is, is that this team has not had a quarterback that can deliver them a consistent spiral in forever and balls being hit in the hands, in the chest, O'Shaughnessy. Like if you've been catching, like if you're James O'Shaughnessy, you've been catching balls from Blake Bortles. Like you've been catching passes from, from Minshew. You should be able to catch a spiral if it's hitting you right there. DJ Chark, same thing. Um, but I think the biggest thing that really upset me a little bit, um, you know, in, in the game was the coaching decisions. I feel, uh, and more particularly, the thing that stood out to me most was in the uh, second half. The Houston had just scored, and no, the Jags. Excuse me, the Jags had a punt, and it was like within like the two minute warning, or there there was a play where they had a chance to flip the field and really just you know, take them down the field or burn off the clock. And they only took six seconds off the clock because if it was three incomplete passes in a row, three incomplete passes in the row, hit the receivers right in the hands. The Jaguars have to punt from deep in their territory. And like what we've mentioned plenty of times about flipping the field, the Jaguars had to punt deep into the territory. So they go from being down seven to 14 and possibly getting the ball back at half and resetting and coming out and making it competitive Houston scores and then they scored, um, you know, and they scored previously before that from a turnover as well. So that's 14 points that are left on the board right there. And now you're down, you know, you're down big time going into the half and then coming out of the half, you come out with the same mediocrity on the field and you're not able to do anything. And so I'm just so tired of these garbage time stats, these garbage time touchdowns, you know, Trevor threw three interceptions yesterday. I mean, I'm not putting it, you know, on him as much as I can because he still is a rookie. But still, man, the coaching decisions have got to get better. They really do. Derek, how do you feel about having to hate watch Jaguars games this season just like last year? (laughs) Is your optimism gone? Or The only reason I ask that, Derek, is because of the fact that I feel like we felt pretty confident the team wasn't going to be amazing or anything, but we at least (laughs) felt like they'd be competitive in this first game being that they got blown out and we're already talking about the head coach possibly leaving. I'm kidding. That probably isn't true, but being that, you know, those things being the case, you know, what's kind of like your outlook at this point. Um, outlook is back to basics. They, they have to get back to basics. They have to get back to some form of identity as far as, you know, utilizing the weapons that they have and their biggest weapon Believe it or not, although you got 
Chenault and Marvin Jones and DJ Shark and Trevor Lawrence. Their biggest weapon is in their backfield. Is what they need to do. I'll tell you this. We getting a little technical here. First and second down, they need to be in a lot of two tight end sets. Okay. And you could overload that thing on the right side. Okay. It's to help out. So meaning basically you have a tight end that's on the line and then you have another one that's off the line. So, and then you, you can put the receivers, you know, you can put one back on the line on that same side or put two on the other two receivers on the other side, one off and one on. Okay. And just run the stinking ball. And then if you do set up some sort of play action, you you get, you know, really simplify it, really dumb it down. So you have a two-man route, maybe a three-man route. So he has three reads. And if it ain't there, he's taking off running. And if they run the ball, then you run it to wherever, you know, whatever they're doing. They need to be in a lot of two tight end sets. None of this, hey, let's spread the field and, you know, four receivers, three receivers. You got – uh, I think I saw James Robinson split out one time. What in the, what in the, you know, what is James Robinson, James Robinson doing split out? <laughs> Tell me, what is he doing split out? They're making, they're trying to make up for the plays that ETN would have been out there being yeah. split out, but mm-hmm. they're two different running backs. News and so you flash. can't do that. You can't do that. Okay. So uh, Mark, I'm saying it right here. They put two tight ends out there. They're a lot better offensively. I get, oh, well, we don't have tight. Guess what? You, you better find some. You, you better do something. Better resign Tebow. Yeah, no, no, you definitely <laughs> don't want to do that. Um, but for blocking and some receiving, but mostly for blocking, and then go with your, your two receivers, maybe send one of those tight ends out on a route, and maybe put the back out, and that's it. Keep them guessing. Two tight end sets. When you think about a lot of the quarterbacks that uh, on Sunday that had good games, especially the young ones in the league, your Burroughs, your Murrays, uh, Hurts. Let's let's pick on Jalen Hurts for a second here for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is not better than Trevor Lawrence. There's not a, if there's a soul on this earth that truly believes that Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, Trevor Lawrence. Bro, you gotta you gotta think. There's a lot of people that live in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, and they could keep thinking that and go and they could they could try to fit 70,000 people into that jail under that stadium. But there's no way on planet planet Earth that Jalen Hurts is better than Trevor Lawrence. But Hurts had 173 yards rushing from his team. So he looked better than Trevor Lawrence because of that. In the story. There's no oh, this disgust that no, no, in the story. It's just it. So that's what getting back to basics. Keep it simple. The kiss method. The kiss method is keep it simple, stupid. And that's it. Two tight end sets. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. Two tight end sets, and put them both on the right side. Don't even. Don't even put one on the left and one on the right. Just keep them both on the right to help with blocking. I think what one thing that helps them instantly get better is going back to the coaching decisions. You got to put your best players out there on the field. Like right now, there's nothing you, you got to be playing. You you you're you're playing to win now. You're playing to build this roster. You're playing to you know keep some of the players you know that you have right now. We're not playing for number one draft pick again. So you the adjustments have to be made, and the adjustments have to be made pretty quickly. Um, you know that that coaching decision again, like by Urban and the team, you know, or Daryl Bevel, whoever the shoulders it falls on, to be able to run you know three straight plays and. 
take six seconds of game time off the clock to give Houston the, the ball back when you have the opportunity to swing the momentum is just, you know, it's Bush League. It's very, you, you're not even thinking. You're not even thinking about how you could possibly get back into this game. And I and, and that falls back into what I was saying earlier about them having a game plan and not even adjusting and steering away from that game plan. The receivers were dropping the balls. So instead of me continuing trying to force feed my receivers, you don't have Darren Waller or anybody else on this team. You can kind of force feed and someone will eventually get on track. You have to go back to run the ball between the tackles. If you're if you're if your offensive line is holding on pass plays, all right, let's run the ball. If, if let's run it, let's make the adjustments and really be able to get the things out of there and and really try to build some momentum and build some positive and stack plays. Stack plays, just keep stacking plays. That's all you have to do. The first, uh, when they scored that touchdown uh, with Manhurts, they stacked plays. They had a very consistent drive, um, a very balanced drive. You know, James Robinson had a couple of runs. Carlos Hyde had a couple of decent runs. That's where a majority of those runs came from. Like in the second half, I don't remember them running the ball like at all in the second half. Like nothing, it, it, nothing. I mean, I'm sure they did, but nothing memorable, nothing that's going to stick out to make you say, well, why didn't you do this in the first half? First half, you should have kept running the ball. Yeah. You got to establish the run in order for you to be a good passing team. And again, there's only a handful of quarterbacks that can really go out there and be a threat with their arm and a team make you res- respect the 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 throw. Um, and everyone else sets up the pass in order by setting up the run. You have to be able to run the ball in the NFL. That's just the thing. Everyone's talking about it being a points-driven league, blah, blah, blah. If you're it's if it's a points-driven league and all this other stuff, you know, look at your running backs in fantasy football. Look at the player, look at the players that are going first in fantasy football. First three, probably. They're running backs. The running back is vital. Pass catching is one thing also, but, you know, they have to go back to their skill set, their core skill set of being able to run the football. And they have to be able to do that. I mean, and you can do it if James Robinson had the most rushing yards of an undra- as an undrafted free agent last year and you have the same continuity at the offensive line. Like you should be able to establish a run now and then hit Trevor with the, you know, a, a play action pass or, you know, RPO, like a run pass option. There's not going to be a you know a pass or a run pass option because they know that he's going to pass it because you haven't run the damn ball, dang ball. Excuse me. You guys yeah. have any? Oh, go ahead, Derek. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just just agreeing with everything. It it's upsetting. I'm I'm ready to move on to the Denver game, but <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys. Just are you a little afraid that and yeah, not to beat a dead horse, I guess, but are you a little afraid that the defense might not be good enough the remainder of the schedule where we're almost forced out of using the run game at all? And then in a sense, also hurting Trevor Lawrence's confidence and the fact that he's going to be constantly back there getting destroyed and passing 40 or 50 times a game. No. The reason the defense got tired a little bit, they're on the field a lot um, because when, when you got a team, that's, you know, when you're throwing 51 times and then, you know, your quarterback's only completing about 50 of those, the clock stops a lot for you. So you're, that means you're on the field less, which we were. I think they out, you know, possessed the ball by about nine minutes. That's a lot. So defense got tired. I think you put Cisco, you get Wingard out of there. You uh, go get the dude that uh, 
you know, I don't know, sells the hot dogs and peanuts and you get chasing out of there and put him in, then you might actually get some uh some 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 decent defensive play. Uh besides those two spots, yeah, everyone, you know, had some lapses, but they showed signs, but now it's just a bit about continuity and then coaching. But also you can't leave it's offense, you can't leave your defense out to dry. And one of the ways you help your defense is running the football. So anyway, I think um, the, the defense got, also yeah. the defense also was able um they they the eye test, they passed it for me because I felt like the run, uh, you know, they were stopping the run. But then when I looked at the box score and saw that the Texans had like 160 yards rushing, and a lot of those came on some um, some Mark Ingram, you know, gashes that he had um, and, and, and stuff like that. But that is, a, you know, a product of the defense being out there too, too, uh, too long. Um, but I mean, just certain things, man, with the defensive line, like you got to, you, you got to, you got to finish plays. I think they left. The most important thing for the defense, they left a lot of plays on the field yesterday that could have been instant momentum swings and more instant, like kind of, again, confidence builders for the offense that that would have been able to. They got their backs broken consistently on third down, um, you know, by by Tyrod Taylor, consistently got their backs broken, um, you know, there from him. Um, you had a couple of chances where you were able to sack him um, and, and they 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 did. They, they, you know, they, they, the, the defensive line had some really good pressures, um, but, you know, the linebacking core, they just weren't really, you know, where they needed to be at some, some spots. And again, it goes back to the coaching, you know, I don't think with the middle linebacker, you know, after seeing the play that we saw yesterday, I think it's time for Shaq Griffin to really get in and, and or excuse me, Shaq Quarterman to, to get in and really just start taking his lumps as a, as a middle linebacker now. This is a smaller or they they didn't have a smaller set. They had a smaller sample size of the preseason. So technically, you know, the way that my optimism works as a Jaguars fan, this is preseason game four. So the next game starts <laughs> on, on Sunday against the Broncos. That's but, a good way to look yeah, at it. They got it. They got to They got to look at this game and look at the tape and analyze it and say, all right, X, Y and Z, you guys, y'all aren't playing anymore just because this is a regular season game. And look at the effort that you put out there. You know, the yeah. offensive line, I think it's still coming back to bite them in the butt, you know, because they didn't do anything to improve the offensive line at all, except for draft Walker Little and Walker Little was a healthy scratch on Sunday and he plays left tackle with, you know, so he's in competition with our left tackle right now. The right tackle, Jawan Taylor. I mean, the, if anybody's looking at those PFF grades or anything else like that, that's the worst grade I've ever seen on a right <laughs> tackle in my entire life. Like, so I, I have no idea what's going on, on the right side of the ball. So even if, if, if the Jags brass is listening to this, you need to run to the left side of the offensive line because that right side is, is, is a turnstile. That's why I said two tight ends to the right. The reason why I said two <laughs> tight ends to the right. You got to get out. Put, you, Put one off, one off. You could have one standing five yards back next to the quarterback. Somebody to the right. I love how our, I love how our quote unquote blocking t- tight end in uh, Manhurts, you know, was making plays on the offense, and the, the receiving tight end they have a little Shaughnessy just drops. Man, the drop balls are the ones that really just they really aggravate me, man. Because with like the drop passes that were there, there were. I mean, those were instant momentum builders, and those were instant like, all right, here we go. Let's get back on track with this now. Let's do this. Let's do this now. But, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, 
I think what we'll do next is talk a little bit about, by the way, I do want to give you props for your optimism in, in terms of classifying that as our fourth preseason game. And this Sunday, I'm not giving first... props. I'm not, I'm not giving <laughs> props for that. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to say it to your face too. That was stupid. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> hey. hey man. That's hard. Sorry, I, 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 it's I'm not giving up hope yet. It's the <laughs> it's the first it's the first game. I'm not yeah. giving up hope yet. But I will tell you though, man. Yeah, you know, those the, that it's return of angry nap season. That four o'clock <laughs> angry nap. Oh, that's some of the best sleep. You, you know, I slept from four to seven <laughs> on Sunday. Well. Just so you know, the big difference though this Sunday is it's going to be at home in the freaking hundred degree heat and everything. So you know it has the potential to. Uh, anyway, let's get to that in a second. First, I don't know about you guys, but this product or service that we're about to talk to you about here in a second is the best product or service that I've ever used in my life. I was thinking about it earlier. I use it all the time. Uh, Derek JK3, what do you think about this next product or service that's in this ad? <laughs> I asked you to get creative about the, the little commercial break. <laughs> not make oh, up some not just really. Just, I was like, what? So is he going into like a manscape thing? What do you guys mean? Oh, this uh, next thing okay, is so, the best thing. So side note, JK3's dream, since we've joined the Blue Wire Network, is he wants to say the commercial and he's hoping that it's a, a manscape. Uh, just do it now. So, hey, do it now. So, Let's just do it now. We'll try to get. Is Manscaped it Manscaped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to? You want me to really just freestyle this? Just do like, it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Down by the bank. Brought to you by Manscaped. Tell us about it, JK3. All right, guys. Well, you know this. Uh, this Sunday's coming up. It's a home game. There's no dome, so it's going to be hot outside. But you know, I'm going to be all right because I'm Manscaped. You know, so I went on ahead and got the the uh, the lawn trimmer. X.0. I don't know which one they have, but you know, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be fresh. I'm going to be ready to go because, you know, I'm going to be yelling Duval, but you know, I'm not going to have a lot of ball sweat. I guess. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, didn't hold back there at the end, uh, but no, that's, that's oh, wonderful. Man. I think that's good. I think that'll secure, uh, <laughs> secure us a contract potentially. Um, Okay, well, uh, we'll be back after this ad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
All right. And we're back. And just to uh, quickly uh, leave with another negative note, ESPN's football power index ranks the Jaguars as the worst team in the league and in the best position to hold the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. It all feels so familiar. But and again, to get back on the optimism train last year, we went, we, the first game we were like, man, you know what? No, maybe we're actually got something on. Maybe we got something going here. You know, we, we, we started off, we ended up, uh, you know, winning that first game last year. And uh, so hopefully the table's turning and we just rattle off like eight or nine in a row, like right off mm. the bat. Yeah. You know, that's great, true. Right? I like that. Yeah. No, I, think, I mean, that does make sense. <laughs> that, the, that is true. Check I mean, in with me, check in with me on week nine. And we'll talk. And you, we should like cut some of these sound bites and play them in there, uh, yeah. in, in like the week nine episode. But, but yeah, no, definitely. Well, Derek, we have uh, Sunday first home game of the season. Sunday at one p.m. and I'm assuming is going to be just insane uh, hot weather. Which I heard was supposed to be. I think it's going to be ninety. What's that? Only only ninety on Sunday. Oh, only ninety. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's as much as the temperature. It's the fact that the sun is sitting there like literally five feet away from your face, which makes it worse. I think that was one of the bigger complaints from the Saints and Packers folks um, this past Sunday when they played the game at uh, TIA. We know it was the Packers were complaining about that because they're not used to that kind of heat, especially, you know, the fans that, you know, if they did come down and, and the team itself. So, I had a feeling that Saints were going to do that, not by that much, though. Uh, nobody could have predicted that Aaron Rodgers would play that bad, but mm-hmm. the weather might have had something to do with it. You know, the weather definitely yeah. could have had something to do with that. So who knows? Maybe that'll be to our advantage with the Denver Broncos coming to town. But what Teddy, are you guys? Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, Florida homegrown boy. He, he ain't, he, he ain't, no. that son ain't going to bother him. No, not, not going to help not us at all. No, all right. no. <laughs> well, that sucks. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> what's aside from the uh, Jacksonville fans uh, attacking the um, Denver media people that are coming to down? What can the Jaguars do, the football team, to attack the Denver defense and put us hopefully in a winning position? Um, besides, run the football. Um, <laughs> And keep catch. keep Trevor upright. <laughs> run the football, catch the football, and keep Trevor upright. That's it. That's it. You it gotta say you gotta stay away from Von Miller too. Von yeah. Miller, uh, you know he's a veteran in the Von Miller Bradley Chubb. They've got you know a pretty good um, you know linebacking core that they uh, that you run with. So they run a three four. So they're gonna have three down linemen um, and four linebackers. And you would think that. You know, with three down linemen, being able to run the ball would would be a little bit easier. But, you know, when you've got Bradley Chubb, um, Von Miller, especially being able to, you know, kind of diagnose everything and see, you know, all that stuff. It, it I think you, this is the and to be contradictory to, you know, what we just talked about in, in the first half of the episode. Um, you know, the Broncos are without a couple members of their uh, corner or their secondary so I think this would be an awesome opportunity for, you know, the the Jags to really just be able to kind of let it fly now. I mean, but again, you got to establish a run or try to put some type of threat of the run out there. But, you know, the, the I, I, they've got a couple of banged up injuries, um, you know, within there. I don't think they're secondary. You know, um, you know, you've got Kyle Fuller, 
who's the cornerback, who's, you know, he's, he's good. I think Kyle Fuller is, is, is pretty good. I think he came over, um, you know, from Chicago. So they, they do have, you know, a, um, a, a pretty decent defense. Um, but, you know, you got to be able to keep Teddy Bridgewater off the field also. He's going to be, in my opinion, two glove Teddy is in that same, that same Tyrod Taylor, like slipperiness, consistent, has the ability to extend the drive. Um, you know, knows where the sticks are on third down. They've got to get off the field on third down. Like they absolutely have to. That is so backbreaking for a defense to for to have a team convert third and six, third and eight. You know, just be able to just you know pretty much instill you know instill their will on a defense. So they definitely got to you know get off on third down too. Wherever Von Miller is, go the opposite way. Remember, this is the KISS method, okay? <laughs> so wherever you see Von Miller, wherever you see 58, okay, number, you're going to be able to recognize him, the back of the jersey, and those thick goggles he wears, or visor, whichever one he decides to wear for the day. Where he is, if he's left, you go right. If he's right, you go left. If he's in the middle, then just go to, go whatever, wherever he is not. Um, you know, for the offense, also, you want to, you know, think about reinventing yourself, obviously <laughs> running the football, but just making sure that you're keeping them guessing. Because what you don't want is you don't want a team with an exceptional pass rusher coming downhill at you all the time. You cannot get down early. You must maintain. You must keep it close. If it's two scores or more and you start throwing the football a lot, you thought last week was bad. You don't want when teams historically that have a guy that can rush to QB, that and they they go up big early. It usually gets ugly very quickly, um, because of the fact that they just they, that's what they do. That's what they're good at. So you got to do that on our, with our defense. Jerry Judy, I think is out. I think he's out for like six weeks. Yeah, him, him and uh, Ronald Darby are out. So two key players on opposite side of the ball. Ronald Darby being the cornerback and uh, Jerry Judy, the receiver from Alabama. Yeah, so that that I think he was one of the leading targets uh, for Bridgewater last week. So that's that can play to your advantage. It's the NFL injuries happen. So you know Denver's going to adjust. So we have to adjust. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy. Melvin Gordon and heavy Noah Fant mm-hmm. or Font, depending on how you say it. With Melvin Gordon being able to receive passes out of the backfield and still be able to run. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's a very serviceable running back and don't forget Teddy, if he, if he has to, he will run. Uh, I mean, just watching some of the highlights from that Denver or excuse me, from the, the Denver and the giants game last week, he had like, uh, three rushes for, for 19 yards. And, you know, that's six yards of carry. Uh, if he does, if he's in a third down and everything is covered long, you know, he's going to try to use his legs to get out there. Melvin went for 11 for uh, 101 um, and a TD. So that was good. And then Fant had enough. Uh, I think he just had the same amount of targets uh, as Jerry Judy, but 10 yards less. So that lets you know that, I mean, Judy went six for 72. Uh, Fant went six for uh, 62. So that's letting you know that he is a, you know, bona fide receiver and he's going to be a security blanket, um, you know, for, for Teddy in this, in, in this offense. 
and 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 Jags organization, if I see Wingard, Wingard guarding Noah Font, trying He's to not. defend a pass against Noah Font at all, at all on Sunday, you guys are gonna buy me a new TV. <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. I, I'm gonna send the receipt to the stadium and expect <laughs> to be reimbursed if I see that at all. I'm just putting it out there. Just just kind of putting it out there. So I uh I am going to start <laughs> I am going to start uh Noah Font in my uh fantasy league this year or this week be only because oh. Only because the Jaguars they can't stop tight ends. That's another key <laughs> on the defense too, bro. They, 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 the tight end and being able to stop the tight end, you gotta do it. You have to. I don't know what way you scheme it. And even though I was up late, you know, last night, early this morning, watching that overtime victory into uh, for uh, the Raiders and uh, the Ravens, like how many times they tried to force the ball to Darren Waller was mm-hmm. like. We're ridiculous. And I can see this being some of the same thing that they try to do to get Font, you know, the ball as much as he can on uh on Sundays because they they just can't stop him. They can't stop a tight end at all. Like they cannot stop a tight end. And this is gonna continue to be, you know, a tight end fest where if you've got him or start him against the tight ends, because our defense can't our our backers cannot cover him. Uh, at least the ones that are in right now. Maybe if they put like I, it depends because Miles Jack. You know, he he would athletically be able to cover him, but Miles Jack does whatever he wants on the field. So, <laughs> you know, he's never really where he, he needs to be. Um, and when he's there, he's always he's like he shows so much emotion that I think this is going to be like some type of defensive taunting penalty or something like that every time he plays. And so I don't know. But, yeah, I think Font and Gordon are going to be the keys to the victory for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying they win. I'm just saying that they're they're going to be the keys if they decide to <laughs> if they they if they do win it will be because of them. I'm not saying they win, but you know that's how it goes. Well, oh god, there. No, no, I, I got nothing. They better win. Okay, going zero two right now. Well, that was going to be my next point, Derek. Gun to your head. What's our record after week two? <laughs> oh, my gosh. A gun to your head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not that dramatic. But What caliber is the gun? What caliber is the gun? Are we talking about like a nine millimeter? A nine or a 22? Or a Mossberg? Do I have a shotgun in my head? You're going to – I don't know. Fine. Throw out the gun to your head analogy. Just if you had to pick realistically, not being optimistic or wanting us to win or whatever, uh, what would your assumption be that the Jaguars record would be after week two? Um, It's so tough because of you're not talking about just a game that slipped by. You're talking about complete, you know, discombobulation within the organization as far as even getting plays in correctly to where players line up right. The simplest things. So as much as I want to say one and one, I think I'm going to say zero and two. Wow. Going one and one. I'm going one one and one. I'm going one and one. I'm going one and one only because – the, the mistakes and those things, they get ironed out this week. 
I think they get ironed out this week. I think that there is a way that they can, especially with Darby, you know, not being there. I think there is a way that this offense can stack plays. I really do. I really think there's a way that they can stack plays. I really think there's a way. Uh, and they showed it. You know, Trevor, he was able to do some things that we haven't seen here in a while, being able to step up in the pocket and make the passes. The passes were there. They just can't have the drops. Eliminate the drops. Eliminate the penalties. Eliminate the coaching mistakes, which, in my opinion, are all three pretty fixable things or things that you want to start to f- try to fix right now. And they're pretty competitive in this game. That's a lot to fix. Okay. All right. The drops. The drops. <laughs> that's a lot to fix. And I'm, the I'm drops gonna, are not a lot. I know, I, know, I know they're professionals. Okay. But that's a lot of things. That's a, that's a long list. That's a honey-do the list. Drops, the drops <laughs> are not for a Sunday afternoon. Okay. The, the, the drops aren't hard to fix. The penalties, you know, you chalk that up to a bad game. <laughs> And then the coaching, I'm telling you, the coaching things need to be the, are going to be the hardest wrinkles to iron out within the team. The coaches, I'm going to raise my hand here and I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to put both my sports teams out here just because you're not used to that, JK3. You're not used to bad discombobulation <laughs> amongst both your teams, your college and your pro team. Your college team actually is somewhat decent, although they're going to get railroaded on Saturday, but they're decent. My You're college hope. team, yeah, my college team, okay, we're discombobulated too. So, and we've been discombobulated for three years. So, I recognize that. Does that, and does, I see the is same that the things. lowest? Is that the lowest? Like, does it get any lower than losing to Jacksonville State? Like, I'm just being honest. I'm, asking, State game I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Does they get any lower than losing to Jacksonville State? I'm just asking. Uh, Their flag's well, still on the field. Apparently, <laughs> no, not apparently. Willie, you know, Willie never let that happen. Willie never let another school plant their flag on Osceola. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and that that is just plain pathetic. But the, what sums this up is the fact that, that one of the offensive linemen proposed to his girlfriend um, <laughs> after the game. And, you know, they can say, oh, he had family there and it was the right time. Da-da-da. There's more than life. It's just football. I don't care what you did after the game, but that tells me because if you're about to ask someone for their <laughs> hand in marriage, I know where your head was before and during the game. And it wasn't on football. Okay. Definitely wasn't on football. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you, do, you back to his, my point. do you want me to do you want me to get his uh, his registry for you? So you can see it's all over the place. I don't we don't need his registry. But my <laughs> point is. We, I recognize jacked up football when I see it because I've been watching it for like three years. And the Jags, for the first time, I was like, wow, they can't even line up right. That looks familiar. Wow, they can't even get a play in right. That's the coaching. I'm telling you, didn't those we, are didn't we call? Didn't we call a timeout last week within the first minute or two of the game? There was uh, – and, and and I didn't also I, – I haven't seen that many um, ineligible formations or illegal formations. In a while, that that's why that's why you guys. I was explaining with the two tight end set how to do it correctly. Okay, so if you got one tight end next to your offensive lineman, you can stagger him off, or you can put, uh, or you can put him on and put the next tight end staggered off. And then if you put the receivers on the left side, you have one staggered off and you have one on. It's the, so that's how you line up correctly. And then you can put Trevor Lawrence. You can put him under center. You can put him in pistol. You can even go out of the gun out of that formation. It doesn't matter. Uh, but you, you, when you can't even line up and you're calling timeouts early, 
That's what I'm saying. I recognize discombobulation when I see it. And that was the, so we're going to fix that, fix the catching, fix the penalties, fix all the play calling, and we're going to beat Denver on Sunday. That's what you're saying today, K3. I would love to see that happen. Yeah, that's okay. very optimistic. I like okay. it. Very good. Hey, hey, love to see that I, I love the team and, and I want the Jags to win, but I don't think we can fix all of that in six days. So, uh, okay. So, what you're saying, all right, six days. All right. So, if the coaches come in and clean up the things that they need to do and clean up the, the, the holding penalties, number one, I, you know, are the holding penalties have got to go. Everything else is on. And I mean, everything else is on the receivers. I mean, he we had like 10 drop passes and the balls weren't even contested. They hit them right in the hands. He was mm. back in the pocket slinging ropes and like literally, come on, man. They got to fix those. They got to fix that. That's a person. That's that's a play. That's a that's a uh, skill versus will. Like you have this. You have the skill. I will apologize if I am wrong, which I hope I am wrong. So I'm prepared to issue an apology on our next show. But I just do not think that we will be able to fix all of that in six days. <laughs> but if you're right, hey, I, you know, you know me. I'll ne- I, I never say, oh, yeah, you know, I was I was right. You know, you need. No, no. I will admit when I am wrong. Self-inflicted and, wounds. Self-inflicted and wounds I, is what I, led to this. I can agree with that. Turnovers, yeah. Turnovers also didn't help because he was pressing because we were losing because yeah. coaches couldn't get plays in and we could line up correctly and we kept having penalties and we kept holding and Wingard was in the game and Chase Son was doing ballet and, you know, all these other things. Urban Meyer looks so angry too. You remember seeing him on the sideline, his facial expressions, <laughs> like the least I'll motivating thing. Rightfully <laughs> so. I mean, what do you, yeah, what, you have to appreciate the practice for? Like, what do you, what do you got? You guys have been <laughs> doing this stuff since June. You guys have been doing installs and everything else like this. And, and, and since June and it, it baffles me, like how you can come out and not have and line up correctly. You guys have been lining up and doing the same install since June, so I can see his frustration and see that you know that that right there. The you know the the drop passes, there's no excuse for those at all. But I mean, again, we can continue to go back and forth. I think you know there are some hard meetings that hopefully there are some hard meetings that happened. Um, you know today. Um, I thought there were some. I hope that some people look themselves in the mirror and really said, "Do we really want to go one in fifteen, one in sixteen now again?" Like the roster is, is way more talented than the one in fifteen team that was here last year. Way more talented. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, at a minimum, I mean, aside from hoping that we'll win, it, it will be good to be back uh, at a regular season game. Uh, after last year's COVID season, you know, we've had the preseason game and the scrimmage and everything, but it'll definitely be fun to be back in a regular season home game. One to see who I'm sitting next to with my new uh, seats that I have, because that's always a risky gamble. Um, we can see all the things we like to see, like the non-aging saxophone guy. I'm a Jaguars B t-shirt salespeople. 
and the uh, horribly priced food, among the other things that we all get excited about. JK3, I know you'll be tailgating at six o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but for real, all the listeners that are listening, um, I am. I don't know if this is probably the wrong thing to do to tell where I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. But I will be in tailgaters a lot. Uh, you know, so either that's where that's where we're going. Uh, we're going to be in tailgaters a lot. Uh, so if you guys are tailgating out there, you know, come on by, grab a beer, um, and you know, hopefully, you know, get to we, we get to you know do all that, that's for you too, Corey. Um, oh, I know you usually get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. I would think that would be even though even though most I of the times that. like when we went when we like 2018, 2017 to 18, like I'm there. And I get there obviously like at seven or eight. And then it, like I get a text from you like saying, Oh yeah, I'm just crossing the Heart Bridge right now. RIP to the Heart Bridge, but it's not there anymore. Or well, it is there, but the overpass isn't. There. But anyways, yeah, it's like 115. Oh, I'm, I'm just not coming into the Heart Bridge. It's like, what? 115. I never sent you that text message. I get there earlier yeah. than that. Give me a break. I'll, I'll no, I did I'll go into it. I'll go into it. Yeah, please do. I don't you just started, way. you just I would say 20. You just started, I would say, 2018. 2017, you were late. You were a late guy. 2018, you just started getting there. That is false. I don't know, man. <laughs> you, you'll you have to pull screenshots of that. I don't know about that. I, I mean, know. I wouldn't. I wasn't getting there at 6 o'clock in the morning like you are, but I get there at least by noon at a minimum. There was probably once or twice where I was a little bit behind, but not one fifty. <laughs> Um, he he but, don't do a lot of the the, the pregame festivity things with just started with his daughter. Yeah, I know it just started in eighteen. Now, see, we're not professional tailgaters like you. I'm okay. not a professional. I'm just a guy that likes to cook. And drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, but no, it it is it, definitely you know excited to, to have football back. I, I tell you know people all the time. I love living in the NFL city. I love, I love that we have a team and I, I want to see them succeed. Can they fix six things in one week or however many numbers that can they fix the honey do <laughs> list for us in six weeks? Just keeps getting, it just keeps six getting further days. and further. It, it, it was three, it's like, now it's six. It's, yeah, it's going to be nine by the time we get yeah, By the time you guys listen to this, it'll be 13. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, you know, that's just, I hope I'm wrong. And I, ho- I hope I apologize to you guys ne- next episode. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> um, well, that will uh, probably do it for today. Uh, we will definitely be back at some point after the game Sunday to, to recap, hopefully, um, and look ahead to week three, hopefully with a win under our belts, but we'll see how it plays out. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. Uh, we had a couple new five-star reviews, so thank you so much for the people that jumped on there and uh, left us the uh, five stars and the written comments, which are always fun to read. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a rating and review. We're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. And again, we are affiliated with the uh, Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I believe, JK3, you did mention that um, at the tailgate meetup that you're going to be demonstrating the Manscaped product for everybody that's interested you said not live oh not live okay all right (laughs) um so be sure to to meet up with him and check that out um anyway we'll uh, talk to you guys next time thank you everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.